Pregnancy Pearls is brought to you by Nutrafol. The changes in your body postpartum can take a toll on your hair. More than 50% of women experience excessive shedding naturally within three to four months of giving birth. Nutrafol's goal is to empower women to embrace the beauty of their hair growth recovery with Nutrafol postpartum by targeting the root causes of postpartum thinning hair, like the physical stress of childbirth and the emotional stress of parenting, as well as nutrient depletion. Nutrafol postpartum is breastfeeding friendly and OBGYN developed using clinically tested 100% drug-free and natural ingredients that help support whole body recovery and fill nutrition gaps to manage shedding and grow stronger, thicker hair. Healthier hair growth takes time. In three to six months, you'll begin to see and feel results such as thicker, stronger hair that looks healthier. Consistency is key. As Nutrafol's powerful ingredients bring your body back into balance, you may also notice improvements in your overall well-being, including more restful sleep, less stress, and better skin and nails. You can grow stronger, healthier hair, and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and using the promo code PREGNANCYPEARLS to save $15 off your first month subscription. This is their very best offer anywhere, and it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com. Promo code PREGNANCYPEARLS. Enjoy local voices. Enjoy local opinions. All on one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast DC is the new local app with hundreds of DC area podcasts. Featuring some of the DC area's best personalities, pundits, and provocateurs. Earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts you love instantly. With new programs being added every week, don't hesitate. Download Podcast DC now for free. Available in the App Store or in Google Play. Podcast DC. Listen local. Mean O' Lion Media presents Pregnancy Pearls. Meet Dr. Nicole Plenty, a double board certified OBGYN and high risk pregnancy expert. She's brilliant, well researched, and feisty. Growing tired of seeing complications of pregnancy that could have been prevented, she wanted a way to empower women through knowledge because as she says, all doctors aren't created equal. This quest to educate women birth this podcast, Pregnancy Pearls with Dr. Plenty. Thanks for listening to Pregnancy Pearls podcast with me, Dr. Nicole Plenty. Today, we're going to talk about bleeding after birth and miscarriage. I've had a lot of patients worry about the amount of bleeding they experience or are currently experiencing, so I thought I would just hash it out now and talk about it. After the uterus is evacuated, whether that is via vaginal delivery or C-section or after you've lost a pregnancy, this also applies to those who've had DNCs or dilation and curatages, DNEs, which are dilations and evacuations, which happen over the 13th week, um, and any uterine evacuation with site attack after miscarriages. Those pregnancies count and they matter. And we need to monitor those losses for vaginal bleeding as well. So let's start with this. You will have vaginal bleeding after your uterus has been evaluated. That's whether you have had a miscarriage or whether you've had a delivery, a baby. Okay. And I say that because a lot of people think after they've had a miscarriage and they have procedure, they're supposed to bleed like a day or two. And then all of a sudden, if they bleed more than that, then something is wrong. 
you still have lochia. So if you had a placenta there, you still have lochia. If you had a baby in the uterus at any point, you still have to shed that lining of the uterus, okay? Lochia is a combination of mucus, tissue, and blood that your wound sheds as it's replaced uh, or as it's replacing its lining after you've given birth or you've had a miscarriage. Lochia can last four to six weeks, but more than 10% of women will experience bleeding beyond 40 days. And that's still okay as long as you're not bleeding heavily. There are three different types of lochia. So you have lochia rubra, lochia alba, and lochia serosa. So here's what you can expect. So from days one up to day seven, you experience lochia rubra, which is fresh red to brownish red blood. It's a heavy flow that probably soaks one maternity pad every few hours with one or two clots or several smaller clots. So this is like your super heavy menstrual um, bleeding. That's why you wear that like ship diaper after you deliver those always with wings that go from like the mons all the way to the back of the butt where your crack stops, okay? That big ship pad, you need that, right? Because you're bleeding heavy. It's heavier than a period. When people come in, in the hospital, they have those little bitty pads they're like these are heavy pads no 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 sweetie you need to go back and get the postpartum pads the postpartum pads are what they give you in the hospital they look almost like the pins you have to fold them out i know we don't want to talk about this but let me tell you they are ships okay they are like the pins except for they're not like underwear they're like these big ships and you wear those mesh panties i know some people are like oh i want to bring my own panties to the hospital do not bring your own panties to the hospital use the mesh ones they give you why because you got to put those big ship pads in them and you're not going to be able to fit them in your normal little panties okay so wear the ones that they give you so that you can soil those the first couple of days because your cycle your your loki is going to be really really heavy and you're going to be changing this pad every couple hours so you might as well get the bad stuff dirty and then what i did afterwards so i had underwear to go home with and i wasn't just like wearing the pack of mesh panties they gave me right because who has time to like wash every couple of days with a newborn so i went and got me some other like cheapy underwear and i bought them at a bigger size they were cotton so they allowed me to breathe and i got them from i think walgreens or cvs i got like an extra large pack of granny panties i actually still have those underwear i know it's embarrassed i have i still have those underwear i refuse to give they cut them out anyway so you get these extra big underwear right and you can put the big ship pad in but your little cute victoria's secrets they're not gonna fit in you cannot wear those big old ship pads with your victoria's secret underwear don't even do it don't get expensive underwear even the one from soma you know because i got pajamas from soma i love my soma pajamas right that's what i wore in the hospital instead of wearing that gown with the butt open right i wore my soma pajamas but i didn't get panties from soma uh-uh. no you got panties that you cost you like ten dollars for the pack from cvs or walgreens or walmart so that you can put your big ship pads in them okay i have to post a picture of the pads you're supposed to get versus those little cute people think oh super pad no 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 there's a difference either way so the first one to seven days you're gonna need the big ship pads okay there's no getting by you're gonna need those your flow is gonna be heavy you're gonna pass clots 
clots are not necessarily abnormal unless you're passing more than two pads, changing more than two pads in an hour. That would be concerning for a postpartum hemorrhage. And you need to go back in the hospital if you are passing a whole bunch of clots, if you're dizzy, if you have streams of blood, like you're on the toilet, blood is streaming, go back to the hospital. They need to make sure you don't have anything retained, like portions of placenta or if you've had a miscarriage, like pieces of um, of products of conception, they need to make sure your uterus is clean. But on a normal day, you can pass a couple of clots in that first one to seven days, and you will be changing your pad every two, three hours. So during this time, you also experience darker brown or pinkish red blood also. And you can have a moderate flow, which is described as seven centimeters to 12 centimeters of stain on your maternal pads. Um, and smaller blood clots. When when books describe this like centimeters, I'm like, what is that? Basically, you're going to saturate the pad, right? It's going to be from the front to the back. That's all you need to know. Front to back, okay? Then you have lochia serosa. That comes next, usually starting on days five to seven, and it lasts a few weeks. Did you hear me? Weeks, not a couple of days, weeks. This is a darker brown or pinkish red blood becoming lighter. Um, it can have variable degree of bleeding, meaning light and dark, but the flow should get lighter um, with less than seven centimeters of stain. So this is when you don't go from the front of the ship to the back of the ship. You're mostly in the middle of the ship pad. OK, mostly in the middle of the ship pad. Um, this can be thinner. Um, you can also have this mix, mixed with mucus. That's normal. Your body is healing. So your white blood cells are in that uterus trying to get everything to heal. Right. And so your flow is going to be lighter. Uh, you may have some. Um, some of your pads, your ship pads are going to be barely, barely saturated. So at this point, when you have a lighter flow, you can switch to now just your super pad and you don't have to use a ship pad. But if you have a whole pack of ship pads left, just keep on using those. Okay, keep using those because you won't ever use those again. So you might as well use those up. And then during weeks three to four, you have Lochia Alba that starts, which is a paler, creamier white blood loss with a very light flow. Um, after you experience Lochia Alba, um, you can continue having brownish, pinkish red, or creamy yellow bleeding or discharge stains, possibly for several weeks even after that. And um, you can have it on some days, and then some days you don't. So don't let it scare you if you are in your six-week postpartum period and you have days without bleeding, and then you have discharge or light bleeding that starts back. This is very normal for you not to have, especially as you get further and further out. You may not have bleeding every single day, but you could have, you know, bleeding here, it stops, and then bleed again. So after that, if you're consistently breastfeeding, you might not experience a cycle for several weeks or months. But some breastfeeding mom and women who are not breastfeeding can start experiencing heavier bleeding again at that four to six week post uterine evacuation period. And that's similar to a cycle. And that's whether you've had a miscarriage or a baby. And that's because you're having a period, y'all. People forget that eventually you need to start having cycles again. So I have people all the time say, my bleeding only stopped for two, three days, and now I'll have bright red bleeding again. That's your cycle. Count it as your cycle. Write down the first day of your cycle in your calendar so that you can keep up with this. And that's because some people come back to us and they're pregnant, okay? They are pregnant. So that's also why I tell people, don't have sex in that six weeks postpartum period. Allow your uterus to heal, especially if you have a C-section. And, um, you know, People do strange things, even if they're bleeding. So I understand that some people have sex while they have cycles. But while you're bleeding and your body is healing from a baby, please just let your body heal. So if you start bleeding four to six weeks afterwards, even if you stop bleeding for a little while, that's not scary. That's a cycle. 
we're not going to do anything about that unless you're like dizzy or like hosing or passing a lot of clots. We would check your blood count and make sure your blood count's okay. We check your vitals and make sure your vitals, meaning your blood pressure, your pulse rate. If that's all normal and your blood count's stable, that's probably just a cycle. So just keep up with that bleeding and it should last. Your first cycle is likely going to be a little bit longer. So it's going to last you know, somewhere between five to seven days. It should stop after that. And then you'll realize that the next month, about 28 days later, you'll come back. Okay. So that's because of the cycle. So now that you know a little bit more about vaginal bleeding after your uterus is evacuated, let's go to some cases. Our first case is a 21 year old who is three weeks postpartum. She had a healthy baby girl Her pregnancy was complicated with thyroid disease that was well-controlled. She presents because she has had vaginal bleeding that is now dark red, requiring about three large postpartum pads a day that has an odor. She denies fever, chills, and pain, but is concerned that the smell is a bit musty. All right, so it is people like, oh, if you delivered a baby, the blood should not have an odor. That's a lie. Okay. That blood is going to smell like blood. Uh, To me, blood has an odor. And if blood is on a pad, and some people don't realize that blood has an odor, right? Like, I don't realize it because I use tampons. So, if you're using tampons and you're just, you know, dumping the tampon in the toilet, flushing, and then putting a new tampon on, you may not be familiar with the smell of blood. Okay. But think back to when you were in high school and you didn't change your pad all day long. That smell is going to be a little bit musty, okay? And it's going to smell like dry old blood. And that's why your mama would tell you, instead of letting, even if your pad's not saturated, change your pad every time you go to the bathroom. My mama told me that. Change your pad every time you go to the bathroom because you may not be able to smell yourself, but other people can smell you. So it's good hygiene to change your pad frequently. And you got, now we got these little, little wet wipes, the little summer's eat wet wipes that you can wipe yourself after you change your, uh, your tampon or your pad. Okay. And so that's what we tell our teenagers just with normal cycles. Right. Moms are giving the little kits. Right. I've given so many talks about this. You get you got your little summer's Eve little wipe and your little spray and your pads and your tampons. And you're going to change wipe spray after every urination. That way you don't smell it. But when you are having a baby, a tampon, your body is going to laugh at a super tampon. That's how heavy Lokia is. It's a very heavy period. So you almost have to wear pads and if you're gonna buy that pack of ship pads and you might as well use them till they're gone so that's why she's using them at three weeks postpartum because she probably has them left over even though her flow is a little lighter she's only using three large postpartum pads so she's probably going to the bathroom they're not saturated she's keeping it on because you're peeing more than three times a day okay so i would tell you to start going back to your hygiene practices, okay? Start making sure that you're changing that pad every time you go to the restroom, even if it's not saturated. Make sure you're wiping up, keeping clean. And if you still have an odor with that, then that's that's something that needs to be further worked up. The thing that makes me think that this is probably normal is because you didn't mention anything about purulence or pus you didn't mention anything about fever chills or pain and you said that your bleeding was dark red it's that's that sounds normal and the odor is a little musty that's that's what teenage girls are when they don't change their pads frequently so this is normal this is normal mom just change your pad more frequently and trust me it's just a normal odor and if you start feeling like it's foul fishy 
Fishy odor is never normal. So fishy odor, if it's loud, loud odor, even if you get out of the shower, you smell it. Now, that needs to be worked out to make sure you don't have an infection, okay? Because you can get an infection inside your uterus. Usually, that's going to be associated with pain when you press over the top of your uterus, which your uterus is going to be way low down in the pelvis right above your pubic symphysis or above that hairline is where you should feel your uterus at now. It's way low, back in the pelvis. So if you're not having any pain, any abdominal pain, I seriously doubt you have an infection, but always make sure your OBGYN knows what you're, what you're feeling so that they can evaluate you um, and make sure that you're not getting an infection. So the case pearl for this case is Lokia can have a mild odor, but a foul odor always deserves further workup. Okay, so what's our second case? Our second case is a 37-year-old woman who is also three weeks post-op from a DNC due to a miscarriage. Her last HCG hormone level was done two days ago because of heavier vaginal bleeding and was 30. Two days prior to that, her level was 65. She was told not to have sex, but since her bleeding got lighter, she had sex. During sex, she started having vaginal bleeding and noticed blood on the sheets. When she went to the restroom, she passed a clot in the toilet. Since that time, she didn't have any further bleeding. She is concerned that something is going on with her body. There's nothing going on with your body. Okay, so you had... A miscarriage. So you still, I don't know how far along you were when you had the miscarriage, but the further along you are, the higher the beta HCG level or that hormone level from pregnancy, um, the higher that is. So if you had one baby, then your hormone level is going to be lower. If you had twins or even triplets or something, then that hormone level is going to be higher. So I can't tell you about the values right now. Because I don't know if you had a singleton or multiple gestation. But the thing that's important here is that it's downtrending, okay? If it were uptrending, that would mean possibly that there's some retained products of conception there. And so we would need to go hunting, meaning we would need to do an ultrasound. We would need to do another DNC to make sure there's not anything retained inside of your uterus. But the fact that your hormone level is down, that's reassuring. Your hormone level is 30. Usually... Your pregnancy test will be negative once your hormone level drops below 20. So I would basically just repeat your hormone level in a couple of days to make sure you continue to downtrend. Some people that have had miscarriages that may have had like a molar pregnancy, they have to get those hormone levels followed down to zero twice to make sure that there's not anything retained. And I don't know what kind of pregnancy this is. So a molar pregnancy is when instead of 46 chromosomes, the baby has twice that number, okay? So the baby has too many chromosomes, okay? So there's something called a complete mold and an incomplete mold. An incomplete mold, um, you, you know, you have uh, basically three triplicates of each chromosome. Complete mold, you have uh, the right number, but there's just too much genetic material. So because of those molar pregnancies, that may be why the hormone levels is being followed down, or otherwise, maybe she complained of bleeding. They want to make sure she didn't have anything retained. But molar pregnancies, you just have too many chromosomes. That never becomes a baby, and it always has to be managed with a DNC. You can't con treat it conservatively. It has to be treated surgically. So, um, so because of that, um, usually I tell my patients, do not have sex until your hormone level is zero twice. Why? Because molar pregnancies can do some wonky stuff. Your hormone level can act like it's going down, and all of a sudden it's doubling. And that could mean that you have what's called gestational trophoblastic disease, which is when you have 
um, tissue outside that's metastasized outside of the uterus and that can go to the the lungs and go to the brain and if it does that then you need either methotrexate depending on where it is or if it's resistant to that then you need um, Emico which is basically uh, a combination of drugs used for chemotherapy and if you have it in the brain you need whole brain radiation in addition to chemotherapy so when you do things like have sex it confuses us because now we're like, oh, could she possibly been ovulating and pregnant? And now the hormone level starts to go up two weeks later. That confuses us, okay? Because for, for molar pregnancy, it could take six whole weeks for your hormone level to go down to zero. But now you've had sex. So what happens if you've gotten pregnant again? And that's the reason that your hormone level starts going up two weeks later. Now we got to wait and see because we can't give you treatment for cancer because it may be a brand new pregnancy. So this is why we, when we tell people do not have sex in that six weeks postpartum period, especially if you're out of miscarriage, it is not because we want to be mean to you. It's because we want to monitor your health because if we assume that, Hey, we're not going to start, we're not going to follow hormone levels because she's had sex. And now that must be a new pregnancy. Now we've delayed your treatment because we had to make sure we're not causing you to have a miscarriage when you intermittently have sex in the middle of your treatment. Okay, so this irks my soul. It just really irks my soul because you guys don't realize how dangerous this is. And can you have a clot every now and then when you've had a surgery? Yes, the whole lining, we've scraped the inside of your uterus. So your uterus is healing. So when you have an orgasm, it's contracting your uterus, right? Your whole pelvic floor is contracting. So you're expelling Anything that's inside, you're organizing and expelling what's inside instead of it dripping out or leaking out little at a time. So it's not unusual for me to have patients that have had sexual intercourse early to all of a sudden be like, oh my God, there's blood on the sheets. I'm like, well, because you're still bleeding. You're still healing. And I know that especially if you had a miscarriage, you want that comfort from your spouse. You want to be near them. You need that support from them. But please don't have sex with them. And I tell people all the time. That doesn't mean you can't be creative in other ways. Okay, there is oral sex that you can have. There is anal sex that you can have. There's foreplay that you can do. But don't have vaginal intercourse. It confuses things. But the fact that you had that one clot that passed in the toilet, you're not having any further bleeding, is not something I would be concerned about. But I do think you need to let your OBGYN know. And if you start having heavy vaginal bleeding more than two pads in an hour, then yeah, you need to um, make sure that you are talking to your OBGYN or go directly to triage so they can check you out, make sure your blood count's normal. And also uh, look at your uterus and make sure that your uterus is clean and that you don't have like some big collection of blood inside the uterus, okay? So the case pearl for this one is, after a DNC, your uterus is a big wound. Give your body time to heal before resuming sexual intercourse. Okay, medical intern, what's our email case for the day? This one says, Dr. Plenty, I am one week postpartum from delivering my new baby boy. When I was discharged, my OBGYN told me to contact her with heavy vaginal bleeding. My bleeding was lighter than a normal cycle when I was in, at the hospital. Now, I feel like a heavy menstrual cycle. I change my pads about four to five times a day now. 
what is considered heavy vaginal bleeding? So um, I know that that's like really subjective, right? We say that all the time to our patients. So if you are an OBGYN or you're in training and you're listening, please define to your patients what heavy is because heavy for us is different than heavy to um, somebody else because somebody else can be like, oh my God, I bled so heavy. I filled the toilet with blood. When we know that if you put a little dye in a 10 cc syringe and you drop that red dye in the toilet, it's going to turn the whole toilet red, right? That's what that's what happens. So people can over perceive how much bleeding they have. And then you ask them, you, you fill the whole toilet with blood? Well, how many pads did you go through? Oh, three or four. That is not heavy, okay? That is subjective, and they're not understanding it. So when we think heavy vaginal bleeding, we mean when you're not on the toilet, if you're passing, if you're going through more than a pad in an hour. So you get two pads in an hour and you're saturating them, go back to the hospital. That's too heavy. That's enough to drop your blood count, okay? You can't, you can't eat enough. Uh, you can't eat, take enough iron. You can't eat enough red meat to keep your blood count up. If you're passing, going through two pads in an hour. And so that would mean that you may have something retained. That means that you're having a postpartum hemorrhage likely. You may need a blood transfusion if you're bleeding really early. And you might need uh, what's called a DNC or when we scrape the inside lining of your uterus to make sure there's nothing else there that's causing your body to constantly try to hemorrhage to get something out of it like a piece of placenta. Okay, so... Two pads in an hour, okay, will be considered heavy. Or if you're not having passing two pads an hour or more than a pad an hour, then if you're feeling dizzy or lightheaded, that means you need to go in. If you're not making urine, okay, you should be urinating several times a day. Then that means that your blood count is very low and you're anemic, even if you're not having heavy bleeding. Signs of extreme anemia are real too because sometimes we can underestimate the blood count. Right. So if you anemia pregnancy is very normal. So normal in the first trimester, your hemoglobin drops to about 10, um, which means your hematocrit is about 30. In the second trimester, your average hemoglobin is 11. Um, your hematocrit is about 33. And the third trimester drops back down to 10 and 30. Right. And so if you had a C-section and you lost on average a thousand cc's of blood, then we know you're going to be at 20. Right, you're going to be around 2021. 20, is your, going to be your your hematocrit, and your hemoglobin is going to be about seven to eight. Or if you've had a vaginal delivery and you bleed down and lose 500 cc's of blood, then we know that you're going to drop down to about 25, 26. And so sometimes we can underestimate the amount of blood loss you had, especially with a C-section. And so if you're feeling dizzy, even if you're not going through a lot of pads, that means you go back into the hospital so you can check your blood count and give you more blood or an iron infusion if you need it, um, so that you're not walking around and you pass out and somebody comes in there and finds the baby crying and you pass out on the floor. So dizziness and lack of uh, urination is a real, real, real serious symptom, even if you're not bleeding heavy. But if you feel good and your blood count was fine when you were discharged, then if you're going through two pads in an hour, then you need to go back into triage and 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 or call your OBG and let GYN and let them know what's going on. Four to five pads a day at one week postpartum is actually really good. That's normal. That's really good. Okay. So that's all of our cases for today. Thank you guys so much for listening to Pregnancy Pearls podcast. Go ahead and share the podcast and this episode with your friends and family who are pregnant, planning to get pregnant, or who want or need women's health tips. And you guys, don't forget to rate us and comment on the platform that you're listening. I need your feedback. I want to hear what you want to hear next. Um, if you are someone you know has had a 
pregnancy complication or unique pregnancy situation, you can also let me know about it by emailing me at pregnancypros at gmail.com to hear your topic or case discussed on one of our podcast episodes. Also, remember to follow me on Instagram at pregnancy underscore pearls and Facebook at pregnancy pearls. And don't forget the YouTube channel is youtube.com forward slash pregnancy pearls with Dr. Plenty, where I give more quick talks about pregnancy complications. In closing, remember to advocate for yourself. You are your biggest advocate and no one knows what's going on with your body except for you. Thanks for listening. Bye. Pregnancy Pearls is hosted by Dr. Nicole Lee Plenty. Produced by Nicole Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Find Pregnancy Pearls on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice for diagnosis or treatment of individual medical conditions. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with specific questions regarding a medical condition. Pregnancy Pearls is a mean old lion media production.